This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. We're heading off to the south where we're connecting with Dr. Peter Hammond. He's the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. Dr. Peter Hammond, always great connecting. Good morning. Thank you so much, Brad. Good morning. You know, we continually see what is wrong, but it's so important to know what we can do to put things right. And at the end of this month, 31 October, marks the Reformation, and uh, it's celebrated in many countries in the world as a public holiday, mm. Reformation Day. And the Reformation is all about reforming our lives, personal, congregational, family, our community, and nationally, in line with the Word of God. And one of the adult cries of the Reformation was, Ecclesia Reformata Reformanda Est. The Church, having been reformed, still must be reformed. And the work of Reformation never ends. Mm. The great battle cries of the Reformation were summarized in, in Latin words, and one of them is actually on our one rand coin. Uh, on every one rand coin in South Africa is the, the battle cry in Latin, Soli Dio Gloria, wow. which if you go to Wellington, uh, to the uh, church where Andrew Murray ministered for a major part of his life, on his Grave outside is that very phrase, solid dear glory. Everything is to be done for the glory of God alone. Sure. And uh, uh, on uh, Bach's, um, Johann Sebastian Bach's music, on every page of his music, he had solid dear gloria, or uh, SDG um, uh, as the abbreviation. And the other battle cries of the Reformation were sola scriptura, scripture alone is the ultimate authority in all matters of faith and conduct. In fact, it's a principle of law in England, for example, I don't know that they apply it much these days, but it always has been through the centuries that all law is invalid if it isn't founded and rooted and grounded and consistent with the Word of God. And that was William Blackstone's decision as uh, the Chief Justice in Britain, for example, in a very famous ruling back in the 1700s, and the common law of England actually begins with the whole Ten Commandments and uh, with the case laws of Exodus and with the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, that's why it's just called the common law, but it's just common for all people of all classes at all times. Mm. And scripture alone must be our ultimate authority. Everything we do needs to be reevaluated in light of God's word. And so must Christus. Christ alone is the head of the church. He is the only mediator between God and man. Sola gratia, salvation is by the grace of God alone. And sola fide, salvation is received by faith alone. We are not saved by works. There's no room for, for those things. Uh, mm. It's not that I found God. God wasn't lost. Uh, he found me. It's not that I even chose God as much as that he chose me. And even the faith and repentance have in me, it actually is a gift from God. And so there's no room for both things because there's nothing we can contribute to our salvation except the sin that's made it necessary. Mm. And uh, there's a lot of uh, room for humility there because there's, there's no room for pride yeah. because the Bible teaches the depravity of man, the sinfulness of man, not the goodness of man. When you speak to a lot of people today, the answer of many people is uh, when you ask them, how are you? Many people respond with the American, I'm good. And it's a bit of a strange term, but it's become super popular in people's 
terminology okay? That's actually a wonderful opportunity to evangelize. So the person mm. says to you, I'm good. You can say, but Jesus said, no one is good. <laughs> God alone. And right there, we have the opportunity to introduce into conversation, even if it's just the shopkeeper or someone uh, that's a friend or neighbor or stranger or someone that you meet. Mm. Then a person says, I'm good. And you say, but Jesus said, no one is good except God alone. You've introduced scripture. Mm. You've introduced the depravity of man the goodness of God, and therefore by implication, the need for salvation. So right there, we've got an opportunity to turn the conversation to a spiritual matter, even if we do it in a, in a humorous way, because it's just so funny how we say not always thinking about the implications of yeah. it. But let's face it, we're not really good. Um, if there's anything good in us, it's by the grace of God. Yeah. Now, when the Bible teaches about the depravity of man, it doesn't suggest that we're all as bad as we could be. Because by the grace of God, um, none of us are as bad as we could be. And His grace and the means of grace has restrained evil, and to a large extent, we are nowhere near as bad as we could be. Mm. But there is bad in the best of us, and there's good in the worst of us, because we created by God is good, even in the worst. But because we've fallen, it's bad even in the best. And so... The Reformation challenges us to regular, rigorous self-criticism, constant evaluation of our personal lives, our families, our congregations, our ministries, our work, our society. And the general tendency in most churches is to regard the status quo as normative and right. Mm. We've always done it that way. It's something of a force of authority in many people's minds. But the common practice is often frequently lifted up as above Scripture, and, and popular approval is assumed to have some kind of divine authority. But Scripture alone must be a final authority for all matters of faith and conduct. And we applaud the Reformers for challenging the customs and superstitions of the day in the light of Scripture. And praise God that Reformers like Martin Luther and John Calvin did so. This one in the Bible are we taught to pray to for the dead, or venerate angels, or pray to saints, or use images or worship Mary or give Mary ten prayers for everyone our Father is using the rosary or, or where's the rosary in the Bible? Where do we read of, the, of purgatory in the Bible? Mm. No, there's heaven and there's hell and there's nothing much in between. And where do we in the Bible find ministers are required to be celibate priests who never allowed to marry? No, in fact, the Bible reads that ministers must be married They're on the household well and raise their children in the faith. So, in the Bible, do we read of popes and cardinals and monks and nuns and inquisitions or transubstantiations or the infallibility of the pope? We don't read anything like that. In fact, we read that no one is good, so how can the pope call himself his holiness? We read that call no man on earth father, you have one father in heaven. So how is the pope called his holiness and the holy father? In the Bible, any person called holy father is the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and that's in the garden of, of, of Gethsemane. And Lord Jesus appears as the Father's Holy Father. So how can a man take that? And so when we look at these issues, we can see how the Reformers challenged a lot of things that were unbiblical in their day. But we would be deluded if we were to assume that the work of Reformation is complete and that there's not a lot of things in our own lives today and in our own church today that are unbiblical and that we need challenging and re-evaluating them. The Lord should be fastened to be applied to all areas of life. 
The motto of the former John Calvin was promptly and sincerely in the service of my God. And his emblem was a heart of flame in the hand of God. Hmm. We need doctrinal backbones of steel. We need to know the Word of God. We need to know what we believe, why we believe it, how to defend an argument. We need to know how to convey the gospel to people who desperately need the Word of God and how to be right with God. We need the truth on fire. What truth can be breathed in the refrigerator? Uh, we need head and heart, doctrine and devotion, in balance, all to the glory of God alone. And so when we look at so much of what's wrong in our society, or in ourselves, it should lead us to say, what can we do about it? What must we do about it? What must be repentant? What must be change? What must we do? Throughout the Bible, we see commands that need to be obeyed. We see sins exposed that need to be repented of. We see issues that need restitution. We see action that needs to be done. Uh, there is something that we are called to do. We should never be able to have our devotions in the morning without, at the end of the tent, what has this taught me more about God or myself mm. or the world? Or what do I need to change? What do I need to do? What do I need to pray? And this must continually be trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. There must be faith and action. We need to speak to our faith. We mustn't miss heaven by a few inches, the different distance between our head and our heart, and for that matter, our heart and our hands. We must go from conviction in our mind to contrition in our hearts to conversion in our lives. Mm. There needs to be a constant applying what we learn and putting into action. So as we read the news, as we hear the news, as we look around, as we look in the mirror, uh, we should be seeing what does God want us to do and what does God want us to change and how does he want us to pray and what does he want to make us obey. That's the sound of uh, the voice of Dr. Peter Hammond. He's the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. Thanks for your time this morning, Dr. Hammond. Have yourself a beautiful weekend. Enjoy the sunshine. Thank you so much. God bless. Bye-bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.